0: my walk-in robe, and let your imagination run wild this podcast is proudly sponsored by the wa magpies collingwood supporters group your place to share your personal black and white stories as a pie supporter and more generally stories about not giving up or you have a passion project that might inspire others in the gamble of life we want you to feel a sense of ownership in this platform and welcome any contributions and suggestions by emailing bustingthepack@gmail.com. Each busting the pack episode is released via the WA Magpies Facebook, Instagram, and web pages on the first Wednesday of each month. In this episode. I have a chat with a recovering drug addict who epitomises the busting the pack philosophy of not giving up. A WA Magpie shares his sounds from the Melbourne cricket ground where Pies won in an epic thriller against Essendon in round 19. And I finish off with treating you to the man of the moment, Jamie Elliott being interviewed after he kicked the winning goal after the siren. Also, don't forget, we are still taking submissions for a best story competition called Eyes and the Prize, with $50 gift vouchers kindly donated by Jim's Pool Services. Well, on with the show. My next passionate guest is an example of not giving up when facing the adversity of addiction and epitomises busting through packs. He once handed out fast food vouchers to people who were living on the streets with the video footage accompanied by a Drake song called God's Plan. We share a passion for eight ball pool competitions and he names himself after a famous movie character
1: Welcome to the podcast, Rambo. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for inviting me on the podcast. I'm a big fan of busting the Pack. My pleasure. Uh, so, um, yeah, what is the story behind your nickname, Rambo? Well, it goes back a few years. Uh, I personally appreciate the character of uh, Sylvester Stallone's John James Rambo, Field name Raven, especially the first movie, First Blood, in the way that one loner, who's maybe slightly unhinged, gets pushed too hard and fights back. Then we see what a man with nothing to lose can do. He always fights for what he believes in, protects his own, regardless of the risk to himself. And to me, that's the hallmark of a true hero. First Blood was probably the first action movies i ever seen. And I recall talking to my 68 year old grandfather at the time, a personal hero of mine. And I remember how my granddad revered the character. He spoke of how, due to his extensive training and experience in the U.S. Special Forces, he was able to operate any vehicle or machinery he came across and effectively utilised his primitive survival skills he acquired in the U.S. military. I ended up wearing a lot of John Rambo's memorabilia, in particular a T-shirt with Sylvester Stallone's police mugshot on the front. It was a great shirt, and after a while, my friends at the pub, yourself included I might add, started calling me Rambo.
0: Ah, I think I was guilty of that, yes. (laughs) <laughs> you were. were you the one that started it? Ah, uh, may have been. Wow. I'm a trendsetter,
1: <laughs> but yeah. And when I consider my previous nicknames, I've had in the past, this was a huge improvement. <laughs>
0: yes, I can concur with that. Um, so during my research for this interview, you mentioned attending Narcotics Anonymous meetings. Um, what would you like to tell the listeners if they think they or perhaps know someone with an addiction problem?
1: Yes, thank you, Jason. Um, if anyone listening or even has a loved one that you know has a problem with drugs, there is support out there. I can tell you that I have had a problem myself. It started years ago when I first smoked marijuana. And I was a straight laced guy. I tried hard to resist, but after my first, I had another and another, and for many years, I was hooked and I tried different substances until I was up for trying everything. For a good two years I smoked every day. I can't say I was ever addicted, but it was habitual, and I can tell you that it's not great. I got to the point where I was dealing with very bad people and I had a lot stolen from me. I even had my house broken into five times in a one year period. Anyway I hit rock bottom. I got kicked out of my house with no money, but sometimes you have to hit rock bottom to realize that you have to change your lifestyle. I decided I needed help and attended my first NA meeting and at first it was just something to do. I just thought it might be interesting and in all honesty, I didn't realise I had a problem. Plus, I thought it might make me feel some relief to see people who have been through some tough times too. I didn't really have a desire to quit, but I kept coming back and I met some cool people that I now call my friends. Just on that, that gives me a
0: little bit of a, um, I don't know, for some reason, it reminds me a bit of that scene of uh, Fight Club and going to those meetings and um, you know what actually, um, I guess, materialises from from going from that curiosity to actually um, how much it actually, um, I guess, affected him.
1: Actually, you, you mentioned the fact about Fight Club. That yeah. was actually one of my primary motivators of going because I... Uh, Right. I always thought that'd be interesting to. Um, it's, it's a bit weird, I know, but rock up to a random meeting and see some people that are in serious pain. And uh, mm. in the movie, it allowed it allowed the character to finally sleep for God knows how long. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, that's that was one of the things I love. F- Five Club is one of my favorite movies. Sure, it can get intense sometimes in meetings, but every time by the end of the meeting. You have a comfortable feeling and you know you've done something positive that day. And there are helpful tips and tricks you can learn to manage your addictions. And after some. Can you give any examples of
0: these tips and advice that you've learned from those meetings
1: that listeners might be unaware of? Well, the point of NA is you're catching up with people that have been in the same boat as you. Sure. So when you can talk, freely about your issues mm. with someone that can uh, be honest and give you feedback and tell you um, about their experiences. That in itself is a bit of a game changer. It um, mm. it allows you to allows you to realise that you're not alone in this situation, and um, you can learn from them and learn from others. And it's just a free place. Be open and and after some time later, I almost took something, probably meth, that I found in the street in a baggie. I got so close that I, already, I was already mixing the contents with my drink. But I had a sudden thought, which was, what will I say at my next meeting? And I answered myself with, I will just lie and tell no one. But that didn't compute in my head, probably due to the fact that my friend from NA told me that one of the main points of NA is to be honest. And I know that it would eat me up inside, they have to lie every single meeting from now on. So I couldn't do that. And then I thought, I will just start again. And that is what made me change my mind. The thought of starting from scratch upset me. And I suddenly tipped the drink out on the floor.
0: Because you don't want to undo all that good work. It's exactly. Just, yeah. Starting from it's
1: scratch, demor- like, I was up to Demoralising. And every, yeah. every meeting, there's a point where you have to tell how long you've been clean. Sure. And... Um, there's a bit of a hierarchy there, like like mm. in the background, like oh I've been clean for ten years, like oh okay let's listen to this guy, you know, and if there's a guy yeah. that comes in and says, oh, you know I've been clean today, you think oh okay well this guy's obviously mm. still in still in the red, you know sort of thing, so um, just the point of having to start again from scratch, yeah, I didn't like that. I just tipped the bottle out in this in the middle of a shop, um, mm-hmm. and I don't care because I had to do it there and then to eliminate the possibility, in my head, of drinking it. Sure. But I can tell you that if you're feeling that your vice, because we all have one, is getting out of hand, there is support. Feel free to Google Narcotics Anonymous and I'm positive there'll be a meeting in your area coming up soon.
0: Well, I really appreciate that for frightness there. Um, And yeah, you know, if that kind of, um, I guess, personal story can help other people, that's a big thing, what um, the philosophy of in the Pack is, is about, mm-hmm. you know, n- never giving up. Things aren't always mm-hmm. easy, but if you just give up and you just think it's too hard, well, we're not going to get anywhere in life. Exactly. So um, th- I really appreciate that. Can so, I just
1: add... Sorry, Mr. Jason. Can I just add, there's also... I just thought of this. Hmm. Um, these days with technology, everyone's on Facebook and Messenger. There's actually a... At my NA group... A, um, an, a, in a uh, uh, group chat where we can post positive things that we've done, um, little get-togethers if someone wants to catch up for a coffee. Um, mm-hmm. Just to say that there's, there's more to it than just meetings.
0: Sure. Okay. Now, I remember you showing me the YouTube footage of fast food vouchers being handed out to people living on the streets to the soundtrack of a Drake song called God's plan, how did you come up with the idea? And what was involved in bringing this production to
1: life? Yeah, that was a fun day. I could
0: imagine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was basically a project that my old friend and I put together. And it's actually a low budget parody. And when I say low budget, we really mean low budget.
0: Sounds, that, like, <laughs> that sounds like one of my old <laughs> student productions. <laughs> the uh, uni students, but yeah.
1: You got to show me that sometime. <laughs> But that was kind of the point. The idea was generated when my friend told me that he had acquired a whole stack of in-date McDonald's vouchers, which entitles the holder to one free Big Mac. He told me his plan was to film me just literally handing them out to people around Perth and edit the footage to the Drake track called God's Plan. He showed me the Drake video and it starts with the text, the budget for this video was $996,631.90. We gave it all away. And then the video has audio of an African-American man saying something like, I look good. I ain't got nothing, but I look good. It's a great life. And then the video proceeds (laughs) to show how they gave lots of money to people in need, which is great. Anyway, our version opens with the text, we had a whole bunch of Maccas vouchers, we gave it all away. And there is a clip of a bunch of kids in Australia saying something stupid, and then it shows me holding the vouchers. Right. I start handing them out, and we had a bunch of fun. I did a little hop, clicked my, feel, my heels together. <laughs> yeah. I guess my mate thought that was good footage as he replayed it like four times.
0: And So for listeners out there, how can they, uh, how can they get their eyeballs <laughs> onto this? Uh,
1: well, for interested footage. listeners, the name of the video is in t- uh, titled God's Plan Perth Edition. My favorite part of the video is actually when Drake sings the line, I make sure my I'd eat. And at that exact moment, I'm handing a Big Mac which I'd already claimed to a guy that was off his head on the ground.
0: An actual Big Mac or a voucher?
1: No, the actual physical Big Mac. I oh. cashed it in and <laughs> gave it to him on the ground. He oh,
0: that's that's going the extra uh, extra mile.
1: Yeah. And he was in some other planet, I don't know. Right. But at least he'll be fed that day.
0: Yeah. From your eight ball comp battles in pubs and the social aspect of the game, what is your most favorite experience of snatching victory from the jaws of defeat?
1: Yes, great question, Mr. Jason. Firstly, the game of eight ball pool means a lot to me and it has done for the last 17 years straight. I don't really know why, but it is my all time favorite pastime. And especially because it's the only sport I've ever played that I'm better than average at. But this is a hard question. Coming from almost defeat to victory is quite a rare experience. The one I liked a lot was about three months ago. I was playing pool at the Parks Tavern in Kerry Park, Bunbury, WA. And I was playing a relatively young guy, and I believe we had $100 on the the table. I usually try to play for money these days, as it makes the game much more thrilling. Mm -hmm. And I feel from experience, the odds are in my favor. Anyway, he broke the rack and sunk one then two, three, four, five balls before it was my turn. Cool.
0: so you got a run on ya.
1: Absolutely, but I didn't panic. I just went about methodically putting ball after ball and leaving the white in great spots, Mm -hmm. and he still had those two balls left on the table when the game was over.
0: That's an impressive comeback. Gives me a little flashback of way back in my uni days, and um, I was actually gonna almost quit that day. I didn't know anyone, I was a a mid-year intake. Into uni and I didn't know anyone. Right. And I've gone from the cafeteria, and for some reason I've gone out through the other way, which I saw other people go, and I thought, oh, what's out that uh, exit? Well, lo and behold, it was a pub. And what happened to be happening that afternoon was a pool comp. Really? I managed to make it to the final. I was getting my ass handed to me in the final. Right. And I just, you know, a bit like what you did, just chip away, chip away, yeah. and you know, and I just because I'm. When it comes to pool, I'm just like I'm not like a junkyard dog. I just never give up. True. You know, just like no, I'm not going to give up. And yeah, and so ultimately, um, I ended up defeating this guy. He couldn't believe it. You actually came first. I actually like made that final. I was down by almost about six balls, and then um, proceeded to chip away, chip away. Kept leaving him no shots, frustrating <laughs> the
1: hell out you of me. You are him. bad at that. You always end up putting me in the worst spot.
0: Yeah, well, I've had a lot of. Uh, as I've said, you know, I've had probably had more uh, games of pool than hot dinners. <laughs> so yeah, ultimately, I uh, beat him. Uh, got invited really? to a party that night and never wow. had a problem uh, with the social aspect what? of uni again.
1: So, what? Wow. What yeah. was the uh, what was the winning prize that night?
0: Ah, oh, it's probably maybe like. It was under $20, it wasn't anything big, but the social social currency was priceless.
1: As long as you're making money, you can literally call yourself a professional pool player.
0: Well, yeah. Um, So the beauty of pool is never to give up, as I've just illustrated, because you never know when your opponent has a lapse of concentration and makes a critical skill error. In your opinion, what is the most valuable lesson you have learned playing pool?
1: Okay, well, this is an even trickier question as I have been getting pool lessons ever since I started playing pro- pool properly at age 16. And if I had to narrow it down to the most valuable one, I would say it's the art of placing the ball over the pocket. Mm. It sounds simple enough, but it takes some skill through experience. And like my dad said, it's not about potting every ball, it's about getting them closer to, every, closer to the pocket every shot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which in fact, I have learned to not really be the case, as you obviously need to pop balls to win. But it's a good tip for beginners. Mastering the art of the low-power shots takes some concentration, especially to place the object ball directly in front of the pocket. Once you have this pocket covered, you can just hit one of your balls and gently tap the second one in, leaving the first in its place. So it's a bit of a, a two-for-one, if you like. Exactly, because when you pull this off, you feel like you've just had a free shot. Mm. And also, once you've got that ball right in that po- corner pocket, yep. you can hit it in from... Almost anywhere on the table. Also, you can sometimes position your last shot off that corner ball for the black. So it's it's like a it's a it's a it's a triple threat.
0: Very good point that you make. Uh, you know, because obviously we've uh, been in a fair few pool comps, and the good players, it's not only that they'll look at two or three shots ahead, but they all they always look at. Um, Called the, it's called the king ball, if you like, and it's the one that they feel that they can actually use to pot to get onto the black ball, right. which is another very good um, lesson Technique. I'm giving listeners and you, if you were not aware of it.
1: Yeah, because you executed correctly, blocking the pocket with your ball is an example of turning defence into attack, right. as your opponent will be unable to get yours out of there unless they fail in the process. And, if memory serves me correctly, Mr. Jason... Uh Uh-oh, what have I done? Me and you are one versus one. We're one all. One all. Yes. On our ongoing pool battle at Pop Black, where the loser pays for the table.
0: And I hear that we get a lot of games in that one hour, don't we? (laughs)
1: Uh, We only average about three games in that happy hour. No. But uh, that just tells me that we are really trying hard and taking time per shot. I must say, Jason, that in those rounds, I've actually picked up quite a few handy tips from you. In particular, your comments on certain shots. For example, it's going to be a problem ball, indicating one of the balls that was frozen to the black ball. I always appreciate playing with you, Jason. It's always very entertaining matches.
0: Well, thank you for that appreciation. It's also, um, I think I've used pull in a few ways to actually um, apply to metaphors of life. And that whole problem line is very good at like, you know, you can ignore it, you can sweep it under the carpet, but it's going to be there later on. Mm. And nine times out of ten, if you you don't take the opportunity of getting rid of it early Mm. and you wait until you're almost on the black and and they've only got a couple more balls left, it's going to bite you big time. Yeah, right. Bite you big time. And that's... Something I've learned over the years.
1: Wise man. With all the pool comps. Wise man, I must admit.
0: (laughs) A misspent youth. Let's just say. I am not a fan of the insufficient intent law in the AFL. For instance, you can punch the ball into the crowd 10 rows back with no penalty. Yet if you paddle the ball towards the boundary line under pressure, you get pinged and give away a free kick. What are your views on some of the current rules? And they're changing of the interpretations by the umpires during a season.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a little weird that the AFL can just change rules from year to year. And even more concerning is when they change a rule during a season.
0: Well, look no further than the new interpretation of the um, head-high tackles. And this is especially applied to uh, a Collingwood player of all (laughs) all examples, uh, Jack Ginnivan. And it's almost got to the stage where umpires... Uh, we're just pretty much going. Oh, all he does is play for free kicks by drawing head eye contact, even if the um, contact is blatantly high. So right. it's so it's a bit it's a bit like you uh, the boy who cried wolf, if you like. Yeah, like
1: um, like for example, when I first started playing uh, amateur AFL, we could actually literally punch the player that was going for the ball in the back of the head with well, a fist. Yeah, that was legal.
0: That was a spoil. That was a spoil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's pretty surprising to think that was actually a, a legal uh, move. But
0: uh, yeah. that's
1: that's, what, that's basically your point, that the rules change and how yeah, are we so supposed to keep up? You know? Well, that's it. Like I say, uh, it's a bit weird they can change the rules. So, yeah, There have been numerous changes over the years with and with every single rule change, they are technically creating a brand new game. Well, that's one way of putting it. Yeah. The intentional rule is basically saying that the field umpire has to predict the motives of the player when the ball goes out of bounds. Yeah. But, like, for example, what if the player intentionally tries to take the ball out of bounds, then changes their mind at the last moment, but the ball still travels out? How do they roll on that one, Jason?
0: Well, wow, you got me there. You might have to put that one out to the, uh, to the listeners. <laughs> well, are the footy tragics out there.
1: Uh, do these phones, like, ring? Uh, can we have call in at the moment, Jason, or <laughs> are they disconnected? No,
0: you just let me do the comedy. You're doing good <laughs> now. Let's not ruin it now.
1: Well, I'll tell you that even the CEO of the league, Gillan McLaughlin, says that the AFL is the hardest sport in the world to officiate, as far as he knows. And I would tend to agree with that.
0: Well, I guess the major factor is, is unlike a lot of sports, is... Um, AFL is is in the 360 degree sphere. so you know you're getting pressure from the front, you're getting pressure from behind, you can you can have people coming from nowhere and tackling you. Um, so yeah, I mean, respect to the uh, to the umpires, uh, they've got their work cut out. So, they're they're always going to have their um, their detractors, but ultimately, if if they weren't there to uh, umpire the game, you're not going to have a game. You yeah, know? right. So so yeah. That's the one and only time I'll, give a st- I'll stick up for the umpires. Um, before I close the interview, which I have found very illuminating and I really do appreciate um, the honesty that you've provided, especially you know, with your personal struggles, sure. um, to help others out there, um, is there anything you would like to say to the audience of Bust in the Pack?
1: Yeah, I'd like to say just one last quick thing, Mr Jason, and that is that to anyone listening... Take it easy out there, and remember that life is about enjoying yourself. So go and enjoy, be safe, be kind, show respect to those who deserve it, and you'll get out of life what you put in. Wise words. Uh, thanks for having a chat, Rambo. Keep on busting the pack.
0: Well, we've got some uh, pool games to take care of. Absolutely. Thank you.
2: Brody Mychek here, spitting some truth. When I heard the busting of the pack, I- oh! fuck. <laughs> that was pretty good when I heard uh, the, busti- busting the, pack, the, the busting, busting the pack—not of the pack. All right, do I just go? Yeah. Brody check here, spitting some truth. When I heard the busting the pack intro theme song for the first time, it fired me up so much. Now I want to listen to it before I go out and do battle for the mighty pies and bust some packs for real. Check out the podcast of the WA Magpies Facebook and web pages. Go pies!
0: New venue, new beginning for the WA Magpies. The Herdsman Tavern in Wembley is the new venue for the WA Magpies in 2022. You can find a black and white army in the sports bar screaming at the big screen for all the Collingwood games this season. Their friendly management offer game day selected drink specials and provide a range of $19 meals, which includes a selected pint. How good is that value? And the always entertaining margin-tipping competition, when the final siren is about to sound, gives the winner with the exact game margin a $50 BWS drink voucher. Tickets are only $1. In addition, there is a prize of a meat-lover's paradise $100 voucher given away when a raffle is held Collingwood have a new coach in Craig McRae A host of exciting young players Including Nick Dacos joining his older brother Josh Through the father son rule Having the Pies royalty of the Macedonian marvel Peter as their dad Not to mention all the players who bleed black and white for the jumper Anyone is welcome. So come and join us as we support the Pies quest to go deep into the finals and beyond. On the back of 10 wins in a row. Go Pies! So here we are in the car.
1: Dad looking very suave. Mum in the back. Sorry (laughs) mum. Off to the um, Collingwood Redescent game. Very much thanks to the, um, the amazing people and Peter down at
2: um, the WA Pies Society. So off for a good, off for a good day and carn the
1: pies. All right, see you later. I mean, I'll get back to you after we've won. <laughs> so
0: the, the traditional walk up <laughs> past the enemy territory
1: heading to the our beloved and sacred MCG. Yo old man, nervous yeah. anticipation, ready for the big game.
0: It's all very quiet here at the moment.
2: It's a bit too early for the fans to get excited. Ooh, Richmond. Anyway, I'll uh, sign back on shortly. So, the um, Hello Turf coming into, coming into view. You so let see in a minute if I get it dry. Right. Gorgeous day. And
1: once again, big shout out to the WA Magpies for making this possible. Go the pies. Here we are, it's
0: like day three. scores a level. It's good. Um, <laughs> the Simon's building almost, almost start of the day. Just hope the
2: smiles
1: keep coming. See you boys. So score sky's still level and we've been going about an hour and a half now
2: the so professors say club much um, loving this mate it's a fucking amazing venue as you can see a lot of stars here we've had Peter McKenna we've had um, who else had VT's comparing we've had uh, Ray Martin freaking Ray Martin I'm trying to sneak, some, sneak some, some coverage in the background Leon Davis um, oh the Madden side
1: here. Um, anyway, it's been a great great place so far We've, and the footy hasn't even started. Seal a draw!
2: Jamie, mate, you've just kicked a goal after the siren, in what is one of the best kicks, arguably, in Collingwood history? How do you
3: feel after that one? Um, yeah, it's pretty overwhelming. Um, it was good to get the win, to be honest. Um, it was a tough game. It wasn't going our way, especially during the middle of the game. First quarter, we had it on our terms. Um, and the last quarter, we I don't know why we keep doing it, but we're leaving it to the last minute to try and win the game. And, I don't know, it's like we thrive on it. We love being down and we're coming back from it, so... It'd be nice to be 50 points up and just win the game comfortably, but we'll take that win as well.
2: Tell us about the, that grit and that hard work that this team puts in every week, and what it means for you to be a part of that.
3: Yeah, we, I mean, Flies instilled a game plan where basically we want to, we want everyone's strengths to shine. Um, we want fans to come to the game and know what to expect when they see us play, um, and for most games, they see that. Um, And obviously when we start losing games and teams get on top of us, we go away from what we do. We go away from what we do. And um, that's just fighting, competing, pressure, um, being aggressive. And when we don't do that, you can see the the swings in the score. So um, hopefully we can, I don't know, leading into the following month, into August, um, into our next games, we can build more quarters um, and sustain it for longer and then run out games like we have been.
2: After such a tough year last year, can you put into words what like the emotions now that we've won nine in a row, leading into finals, and and just like how
3: much that means to someone like you? Um, It's been a weird feeling because we've come into this year with no expectations really. Um, New coach, a lot of changes, so it's kind of like we're playing with no shackles on, Um, and you see that in our games where we want to our boys, we just want to. Take the game on, um, and like I said, when we don't, you can see that. And we, I don't know, it doesn't really play to our strengths. Um, but we've got guys who their strength is like grit, um, like Tay in the in the guts. We got checkers forward of the ball, behind the ball. We got guys like Darcy, Howie, Q. No, I could name them all. Um, but we pride ourselves on fighting. Um, and last as you can see that we fight games out to the end, and and we we've been getting the results in the last nine weeks.
2: The word family keeps coming up in these post-game interviews. These, this group and these boys, they're your best mates. Um, and like so you could tell celebrating after the game, it must be just an awesome feeling at this moment.
3: Yeah, I think we're building a, a really tight-knit group here. Um, I mean, in terms of relationships and coming together and not having separate groups within the big group, I think everybody gets along. Um, it's a really safe environment and young kids are coming in and being able to perform um, at a higher level and not, I don't know, lacking confidence or, you know what I mean, coming into the team. So, And we want that, we want a safe environment for them to be able to come into that and being an older player, I need to make sure that I do my bit to make sure the environment's like that. Um, and we're seeing guys step up, like Ash comes into the team and, like, just plays. So, um yeah, it's a great place to be at the moment.
2: Last one, that last kick. That has to be up there in, in terms of moments within your career. Um, can you rank that uh, in, in, like on, in this moment right now?
3: Oh, it's probably number one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't really... I haven't really taken it in yet. Um, I'll probably take it in a little bit later when I get back to the club and do a bit of recovery and stuff, but the boys are up and about.
2: Thanks, Jamie. Congratulations. Yes, appreciate it.
1: Are you having trouble getting that
0: sparkle back into your pool? Jim's Pool Care can help out with any pool problem. Need hey, you done? Jim's the one. With just one call, Jim's Pool Care mobile pool shops will respond to any pool equipment problems. We can repair or replace all leading brands of pool equipment, such as pumps, chlorinators, or automatic pool cleaners. So if you're thinking pools, think Jim's. Call one three one five four six.
1: 546 hey, you done? Jim's the
0: one. Or Google Jim's Pool Care and book online. Well, until next time, my feathered friends, always remember, passion, persistence, perspective. Thanks for listening. Dr. J, out.